the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. Let me give you the phone number. There is so much to talk about. 602-508-0960. Love your comments on what you thought of Donald Trump's speech last night. Love your comments on what you think his chances are and everything related to that. Uh, by the way, we welcomed our new associate producer to the show, David, yesterday. He's here again, so you may talk to Bill. You may talk to David. Uh, wish him well if you talk to David. If you talk to Bill, just wish him as usual, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, one of the things, excuse me, one of the things I was revisiting uh, now that new members uh, are being sworn in and getting, or, well, they're getting orientation and will soon be sworn in, but a lot of them have been applying to Washington, D.C. for their orientation, new members of Congress and the Senate, was a piece Catherine Jean Lopez and I wrote many, uh, many elections ago for the incoming Congress, uh, I think first in uh, 2010, if I'm not mistaken, and we did versions of it uh, in subsequent elections. Uh, Rachel Campos Duffy, who was the wife of one of those incoming congressmen, Sean Duffy, liked it so much she sent it to all the um, all the Congress people's wives. I guess there's a wives, a Congress people's wives, or Congresspersons' wives club, Congressmen's wives club. And um, I, I thought I would update it a little bit. It's an aspect of things that Catherine and I used to write a lot about when we uh, teamed up together, and it's an aspect of of things that I haven't heard a lot about lately either. So I thought I would share it with you. I think it's uh, worth thinking about or at least worth issuing again uh, this election season or this aftermath of election season. Uh, I wrote it when I was living in Washington and when she was living in Washington. And we started by saying, welcome to Washington. By now, you've received all kinds of advice from a crowd of experts here and at home. You've received counsel on what committees to seek out, what legislation to attach your name to, what position you should take on any given issue, what you should be known for. People are talking to you about your legacy and your prospects. They're also telling you where you should live and what parties to go to. Very little goes without comment here, and there's much more to come. But as all of it overwhelms your inboxes and your mind and soul, please don't forget the most important details of all. It can be easy to neglect the fundamentals during the chaos of changing the way this town runs. But it's also critical to the mission. Don't forget to be good, to be decent. King Solomon reminds us what legacy decency can yield. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You are members of a large and novice class. More than a few of you are new to town, many heralded in by grassroots, by grassroots movements that, while undeniably in large part a response to the economic crisis, is about much more than that. At root, the movement, our movement, is about responsibility. 
But there can be no meaningful accountability or responsibility in Washington without leaders who personify responsibility and accountability. With that in mind, some words of encouragement and some words of caution. These are tough political, cultural, and economic times. They're also ethically arduous. Yet the road to solutions can be a minefield for those who do not keep their moral compass firmly in hand. Candidates who offer themselves as hope and a change, and we do mean of either party, too often come to believe that they themselves are those embodiments. They come to see themselves as not humble servants called to leadership, but political messiahs who can do no wrong. There are very good people in Washington, but some of the well-known cynicism about this place has merit as well. We are all familiar with the unholy litany of political leaders and staffers who have betrayed not only their responsibility, but also their charge and their duty. They have engaged in frauds. They are the reason lobbying is routinely considered a foul word. They have disregarded propriety, and they have betrayed their marriage vows. They have sullied not only their own names, but also the civic process, and given a generally bad name to our nation's capital. Politics should be a noble calling, and yet, according to a recent Gallup survey, members of Congress rank among the least honest and ethical professionals in America, nothing you would want your children to ever aspire to. But there are examples of those from both parties who can be held up as models of personal and and professional probity. When they retire, they can be celebrated without asterisks by their name. They stayed good. We all know politics is considered a blood or hardball sport, but how you comport yourself is as much a part of your life in Washington as political victories and your voting record. Decency should be a new watchword in Washington, and it falls to you to make it so. If you don't see it here, be it here. And let's not skirt that famous power as aphrodisiac line either. The men and women and children of America have enough trouble already. They don't need leaders who further mock the institution of marriage and instruct for the worse with their behavior. As Professor Brad Wilcox from the University of Virginia put it, quote, in the last three decades, non-marital childbearing, divorce, low-quality marriages, and family instability have all been on the rise in American homes. Why? Over this same period, the cultural, civic, and economic foundations of marriage in middle America have been eroded and have been eroding. But please, don't just talk about decency. Live it. There will be times where you'll find yourself feeling lonely and misunderstood in a demeaning job you campaigned for. There will be times you'll find someone willing to make you feel otherwise. Caution. Remember the famous line from Lord Acton is not power corrupts, it's power tends to corrupt. People get that wrong a lot. Power doesn't have to be corrupting. Your office is not an entitlement or free pass. Never cease earning the privilege you have been given. In this way, your campaign is every day, a campaign for a race much more significant and enduring than any political one you'll ever run. Whatever talk shows you are invited on, whatever dinners you are invited to, whatever receptions you attend, and you don't have to go to every one and you don't have to drink when you're there, 
whatever awards you are given and whomever you give your private email and phone numbers to, keep all these in mind and keep at it. It will demonstrate a great deal and will be of benefit to much more than your good name. You may never know, but you, in and of yourself, may very well be the only code of ethics book any given staffer, lobbyist, intern, blogger, reporter, or constituent ever reads. Consider the words of former Governor Bobby Jindal writing on political leadership. Quote, all people, regardless of their job or role in society, have the responsibility to notice when they are viewed as a role model and live up to that responsibility. No excuses. That admiring kid of today could be a political leader, athlete, parent, or teacher of tomorrow, close quote. Perhaps your eyes are rolling. We've heard all about the family values hypocrites before. I'm not going to be him, we tell ourselves. That's not what we're encouraging either here, by the way. We're asking you to consider the advice of the poet Edgar Guest. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eye is a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but the examples are always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds, for to see good put in action is what everybody needs. Don't let the voices paying the most to bend your ear or flatter you because of the power you have be the ones you predominantly respond to. Listen to the people who will help and challenge you to be good, from constituents to spouses to spiritual advisors. Virtue, it has been taught, is a habitual and firm disposition to do good. Keep good influence around you so that your words, deeds, and name will inspire just that. We can all rebuild a civilizational fort of fortitude here, and you can be among its most public architects. Wouldn't that be refreshing? I'm Seth Liebson. Again, your thoughts on Donald Trump's speech last night and the campaign before us going forward, 602-508-0960. Did you like what you heard? Did you like what you saw? And what does it mean to you for 2024? Let me know. 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Are you concerned with stock market volatility? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market? A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest rate compounded daily. You're paid monthly. And there are no fees. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Why Refi is offering a secure collateralized portfolio, an investment in a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. How high? Up to 10.25%. That's right, up to 10.25% rate of return. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI34. 888-YREFI-34. Make sure and tell them I sent you. They're based locally. You can visit with them. They are great people, and they won't give you a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do and letting it speak for itself. Bill is in Apache Junction. How are you, Bill? Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. 
Go ahead. You're on the air, sir. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. Um, I watched part of this speech last night, uh, and I was uh, just wondering, can a man be concise? <laughs> How, did, I, how how long did it go? I don't know how long it went. Did I don't know. I, I turned it off and I turned it back on. I turned it off, turned it back on. He was still talking and talking. It just, I, I wish he would have delayed this whole thing at least a year. It, 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 people are tired of, at least I'm tired of politics. Yeah, I, <laughs> we kind of we kind of thought we'd 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 be done with politics for a little bit, um, I suppose, uh, after last week. But there was a little bit left. Uh, were, were you a supporter of Donald Trump's in the past? Yes. And and if he even said, I'm going to delay my decision for a year, I would. And he was the Republican nominee. I would vote for him. It's just um, it's tiresome. You know what? He's not going to gain more people by keep on talking. Well, I think what, what I happens understand. is this, Bill. I think here's the task. Uh, you and I may have a disagreement on the length of the speech or or or, or the um the verbosity of it. I, I happen to thought think it was one of his better speeches of late, uh, more more controlled and 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 more direct than 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 a lot of them. But I think here's the thing: um, there's very clearly now a campaign for 2024 by at least three other candidates, maybe f- at least four. Um, it looks very clearly like Nikki Haley is running. It looks very clearly like Mike Pompeo is running. It looks very clearly like Ron DeSantis is running. And I think it might look like, especially with the book interview and book tour of Mike Pence's, that Mike Pence is running. And you, in politics, when you perceive um, political opponents in the primary— you want to make sure you get the early supporters so that they don't get them. Once people commit to a candidate, it's really hard to move them away. So if some of those candidates are going off after certain supporters, whether they're financial donors or financial bundlers or state leaders or other you know, federal leaders – once they commit to a candidate, it's it's very rare. I can't even really think of the example where someone switches their support. So if those guys and gal are out there campaigning and looking for support and the rest of the world is wondering or the rest of the country is wondering what's Donald Trump going to do um, and they don't hear that he is in it, um, they might be inclined to line up behind uh, Nikki Haley, a Mike Pompeo, a Mike Pence, or a Ron DeSantis, or someone else, and th- that that's that's probably a necessity on his part. Um, that if he was inclined to run, you better get out there right away and start going after the supporters, um, and 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 the game on the ground. You know, every state is what's, you know, the operation in every state is what's really important when you run for president. And there are, you know, um, not an embarrassment of riches of people who can run a great state organization for a presidential campaign. You don't want them to commit to the other guy, which would explain why, if you're inclined to do it, get out there, announce it and start trying to pick off or pick up those financial and political supporters and uh, auxiliaries. That would be the reason for it. And if you're inclined, I can't blame someone for announcing. So what I think then happens, Bill, 
maybe to uh, much more of your uh, chagrin or much less of your wish, what I think is you're now going to start seeing probably a bunch of others announcing soon, too, Um, because you just, you know, they say uh, they don't say uh, Spinoza says nature abhors a vacuum. Um, You know, in politics, um, a vacuum is abhorrent as well because it allows support to go to the other guy. So he probably really didn't have a choice um, if his desire was to run. And it's clear it was right. It's clear. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. Um, he kind of had to do it, especially with the stories I've been reading about the uh, the biggest challenger. If if he does decide to run, which would be Ron DeSantis, there's a story yesterday was in the Post or the Times. Don't remember about a bunch of big financial bundlers, big financial donors that are already lining up for DeSantis. If you're Donald Trump and you see that, you got to get your name in there to uh, either stave off the donations to the other guy or gal or to try and get them for yourself. So the race was started already, so to speak, with the books and the speeches of the others. And uh, he had to he probably had to join it the, the way he did. I don't know that he had a choice otherwise. Waiting a year would have been waiting far too long for the way politics works. So I, I think that's how it went. I'll, I'll tell you a complaint I did have. Um, Fox News. I, I was watching it on Fox News um, and I, I just I, I don't understand the need for three different hosts as the as, as they or two different hosts and guests to interrupt and give their analysis in the middle of the speech. Damn frustrating. We were all tuning in not to watch those hosts for one night, but to hear Donald Trump's announcement. And analysis midway through is no analysis, first of all, because you're analyzing something that isn't complete. Second of all, it comes off as arrogant. Third, it's frustrating. Um, Here's to the organizations, the news organizations that didn't interrupt it with commentary. Um, That would be this station. Uh, I read that Newsmax TV did not interrupt. And as much as I like the hosts that did interrupt when they're hosts, you know, there's a time to just sit back and let the American people hear and see what they're tuning in to hear and see. And it's not always you. All right. Room for a lot more. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He also has a radio show. You can hear it here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. It's the Word on Wealth. John, how are you today? Fantastic, Seth. How's it going? I'm doing just fine. Thank you, Great. sir. Yeah. Tell me what this news is. Target Corporation. It's a big one. It's one of the top 10 biggest corporations in the country. Uh, they they put out some news today that shook some ground, didn't it? Yeah, well, it's a big retailer, as we all know. Target, mm-hmm. we probably all have shopped there at some point in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big ones, of course, Walmart. You've got Costco. You've got uh, Kohl's and some of the other big uh, retail box stores. Uh, but it's interesting. Target came out today, and they were reporting their fourth quarter outlook, and they are not as optimistic as maybe we would like to see. They also reported that they um, 
had a net their net profits fell by about fifty percent in third quarter, yeah. which is a big drop, and that certainly affected the stock um, once the stock uh, opened for trading today. Um, but it's interesting some of the comments that they made here throughout this. They've been working on trying to get through their inventory because they foresaw that they had too much inventory, and they feel that that would have been a big burden on them. They worked through some of that. They also have kind of bucked the trend a little bit here, Seth, saying that they're not going to be creating layoffs, even though they're trying to cut $3 billion mm-hmm. in expenses over the next three years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. It's a, it's a pretty well-run company, uh, and they had their earnings per share of $1.54 per share versus $2.13 expected. So they really did fall short on their uh, numbers. I did find one thing that was kind of interesting, and you may find this as well. They also talked about Target is seeing a higher level of shoplifting, Mm -hmm. which has jumped about 50% year over year. Mm -hmm. So far this fiscal year, their losses have exceeded, guess how much? I don't know. Four hundred million dollars oh in losses due to theft oh my gosh okay wow that's unbelievable yeah that and is they a lot. called it most of that comes with what they called organized retail theft mm-hmm. unbelievable wow organized um, retail theft that, that is... brings it really home yeah. as to what's going on out there with the uh potential uh crime that's happening out there that we're seeing or not even potential actual crime uh, one of the things that worries me about cutting expenses when I read that, it kind of goes to something you and I were talking about. What you said that uh, cutting costs three, like up to three billion dollars. Trying cost. to cut up to three yeah. billion dollars over the next worries, three years. You know what worries me? It worries me that it's going to affect customer service. That's what worries me. You know that that would make sense, but they are saying in here it's interesting that they are not. Their goal is not to cut their employees. They're not talking about layoffs, which is interesting because we've got all these other major companies out there that are in the process of, you know, these uh, reductions in force. And uh, But they're saying here that that is not part of their plan over the next three years, and it's not part of their cost-cutting, reducing their workforce. Okay. So they may still be struggling for workers, and maybe that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It may very well be. There's another piece of news that came here. It's a call back to something we were talking about yesterday, John. Um, And it's um, it's uh, it's that I guess comments that came out of the Kansas City Fed president. There are different, you know, Fed federal reserves in different regions. Reducing inflation without recession may not be possible. So this is this is we were talking about this, I think, yesterday or the day before, even as the Fed is putting in place these planting these flags, these three quarter points uh, uh, rate increases. It still looks like what we might be getting a handle around inflation. We still have recession to look forward to. Right. Possibly. Uh, it is certainly uh, a possibility, a strong possibility that we will see a recession. The question is going to be how deep of a recession will it yeah. be. One of the Fed Reserve uh, governors, Christopher Waller, today did speak, and he was saying that he would be open to a half a percent interest rate hike in December, yeah. which, again, falls in line with maybe where um, you know the market is showing us that there are signs that inflation potentially is cracking a bit. And if that's the case, you know, maybe a half a point uh, in December would make sense instead of the three-quarter point rate rate hikes we've been seeing. 
Um, but you're right. This doesn't mean that we still won't see a recession yeah. in 2023. It's very, very strong possibility that occurs. But what does it mean for people, the recession? Well, it means higher unemployment, yeah. uh, potentially uh, some freezes on wage hikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's going to be some challenges. I also read an article today about uh, higher credit yeah. you know, uh, card debt right yeah. now. We're starting to see that increase. Yeah. I encourage folks, please be careful about that. Don't let that get out of hand right now. John Dombrowski, as always, thank you, sir. You bet. Securities and advisory services are the Creative One Securities LLC, member of Fenrin Sipkin and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC, and not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. You betcha. I am Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. And thus concludes our foreign language installment on the Seth Leibson Show today. Joe is in Mesa. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. What'd you see? What'd you think about last night? So I, uh, I, I thought I thought Trump did really well, and I think if he's got a shot to win back the presidency, that is what we need from him. Um, my concern is not so much with Trump, but just with our culture. Like, um, I think our culture shifted. Tell me, tell me what you think about this. I think our culture shifted from thinking first about policies and, and reality, essentially. And, uh, and I think we've shifted to feeling very passionately, and those feelings is what drives people to vote. Because I don't know how else to explain um, Fetterman and uh, even Katie Hobbs not showing up for a debate and them doing extremely well. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to I don't know how to, you know, reason with someone who's not willing to think through things before they are emotionally attached to somebody. There's a lot in what you're saying, Joe. I mean, by a lot, I mean not only is it important and and, and you're putting your finger on something, there are a lot of layers underneath it. Um, Yeah, it's often been said that the Democratic Party is is the party of feeling and the Republican Party is is the party of thinking uh, or the party of thought. You know, you go back to 2016, for a moment, 2016 for just a second. Do you remember, it seems kind of distant now, but do you remember all these stories of kids and even corporations, but mostly kids in college needing safe spaces, safe rooms, safe rooms and playrooms uh, to handle the fact that Donald Trump became president? Do you remember, do you remember all that? You know, they just yeah. couldn't cope with it. Um, it, it, was, it was a psychological trauma. Uh, it was its own um, invented mental health crisis. This is a problem that persists throughout and has persisted since then. And obviously there were conditions on the ground that led to it in the first place. A problem of adults not doing their jobs with children. Uh, the idea, I mean, I remember hearing even, I mean, even smart adults saying when Trump was elected, oh, my gosh, gay rights are going away. Uh, you know, it will be unsafe to be a, a, a member of the gay community in Donald Trump's America. Meanwhile, he's the first president to put a, 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 a gay man in a, uh, in, on, on his cabinet. 
you know, I just, um, I, 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 I guess we need to all grow up. I, th- I think we all need to grow up. And, and I think you're right about this in the sense that the culture has become very, very, very soft and very much leaning towards emotion over fact. And you see it in so many levels of policy. I, I was astounded um, to see subway signs or signs on subways in New York addressed to heroin addicts that said, if you are a heroin addict, don't be ashamed. Here's a safe place for you to use. Right next to a sign that says no smoking. Smoking is prohibited. Smoking is dangerous to your health. And it it seems like we're coddling all the wrong things. We're coddling all the wrong things here, and in doing so, encouraging them. Uh, is, is, is there not a case to be made to get the heroin addicts some damn help and, and to yet yeah, give them some hard truth that you are killing yourself and we're not as a city, as a state, as a political entity, we're not going to help endow that and support that? We, we're going to try and help get you fixed. We're going to try and help treat you. Um, that, that's one small slice of this pie you're describing. Another slice of the pie you're describing is how ill-informed people are. So ill-informed that – go back to my gay couple's comment about Trump's election. It shows you how ill-informed they were about the campaign. If anyone was paying attention to the campaign, if anyone was paying attention to the 2016 Republican convention, they would have seen it was the first Republican convention that speakered, that featured an openly gay speaker and who Donald Trump praised for doing it the next day and got – Rounds of shouts and cheers and applause in Donald Trump's keynote address. They have no idea what we stand for. They have no idea what we think. They have no idea what we believe. But The View does on CBS and CBS Mornings does and CNN does and NPR does and every almost every other network of media in this country that has an idea of what we stand for and wants to tell people what we stand for. And this is what has led us to the problem that you're describing, Joe. This is what has led us to the challenge it is to being a conservative. When you want to talk reason with someone who bases their political choices on these feelings, on this, shall we call it, propaganda, you have a lot of work to unwind a lot of preconceived notions. You can't just start with an apple talking to an apple or A to A. You can't start with a proportional relationship You have to start with remedial education. You have to start with, okay, X, Y, and Z that you just said actually isn't true. Let me walk you through that. Now that you're on my page, if you can hold their hand through the conversation, if they're patient enough and willing enough to listen to you or take what you say as fact rather than suffer from invincible ignorance in the first place, if you can get there, then you can begin to have the policy conversation. This is why it's hard to be a conservative in America. This is why there are so many layers to the onion you're presenting, Joe, I think. Did anything I say make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And um, I just wonder if there's any way we can communicate differently. Like, if we can speak their language in any way. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of at a loss because watching both those two get elected, I'm just – 
absolutely blown away that that was even a possibility. Well, there's another answer at play here, too, on those two. I don't think they're the same case. Um, I think they're two different cases. For the, the, the Kerry Lake loss was a very close loss. I mean that that the John Fetterman yeah. win was not a cl- was not a close win, so I think they're two very different things. I I think with some you know changes on the margins, uh, with some changes you know in in the presentation, uh, some changes in the campaigning, that the loss would not have been a loss in Arizona. I think in the case of Pennsylvania, uh, we have to be looking at a state that really isn't purple it's 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 a blue state and i think one of the things we have to wake up to as conservatives much as we want to resist it much as we don't want to admit it is we just don't live in a center right country anymore i i I just i am not convinced we are i know a lot of conservatives hate hearing it i know a lot of conservatives will tell me differently i haven't heard a presentation or seen one that changes my mind though i think we live in a liberal country and conservatives are tolerated here and there. That's what I think. And I think we have a lot of work to do to change it. A lot. Can be done. It's been done before. But I think we have to wake up to that reality. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You already want it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. Midas Gold Group, they're veteran-owned and veteran-staffed and proud supporters of this radio show and this station. Midas Gold Group is fighting for your right to the financial privacy and stability that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I and Seb Gork and thousands of you already know and trust. Midas Gold Group. Visit them at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. Bob is in Payson. Hello, Bob. Hey, Seth. How you doing? Today, I'm doing fine. How are you? Third average with everything that's going on. <laughs> you, I've been saying this for a while. I'm having a hard time hearing, hearing, hearing you, Bob. Is it possible to be a little clearer in the microphone or something? I'm right next to it. Let me try just any better, sir. Uh, well, go ahead. I'll decipher it and repeat what you say if need be. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you had it right. I've been saying it for a long time. It's emotion versus facts in this country. It's going on nowadays. I don't know if it comes from our educational system, and we've educated 30 million people who are all based on emotion rather than what occurs in reality. They don't like Trump, Seth, because they get their feelings hurt and we hurt their feelings. It's all about emotion. They don't like George Patton, who controlled the battlefield and won the war, and they you got to have President Trump. They don't look at the accomplishments of the man. It's, it's, it, yeah, thank you. It's not just that they don't like the accomplishments. Um, a lot of them don't. That's, that's for certain. A lot of them don't like the accomplishments. Um, but a lot of them don't even recognize or are willing to recognize what they were. Just take one aspect of, of his presidency, just one, um, the Abraham Accords. Uh, do people realize how monumental it was to get several Arab states to recognize 
the state of Israel and to engage in trade and tourism with it, states that wouldn't even allow people from Israel into their country. People had to have two different passports if Israel was stamped on their passport to enter those countries. This is far more worthy, far more worthy than the uh, the Sinai peace deal that uh, Carter, Begin, and Sadat got peace prizes for. I mean, this is an effort worthy of the Nobel Peace Prize. I, I, I don't know if people have an appreciation or enough of an appreciation of that to say nothing of any number of other things. And it started before Trump. It started long before Trump. A lot of us in education reform were saying this 25 years ago when asked, why, why do we keep being beaten by the, all the Asian nations when it comes to things like math? There's a simple answer to it. They teach math. We teach how we feel about math. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 